You're listening to the Ringside Podcast. Sitting at ringside. The show that brings you all that is pro wrestling, news, interviews, and opinions. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. With Daniel Spencer. The most electrifying man in sports entertainment. Jeremy Wallman. I'm the best in the world at what I do. And Justin Kruger. Your arms are just too short to box with God. And now, let's ring the bell and start the show. Welcome to the Ringside Podcast. I'm Daniel. I'm Jeremy. And the man of a thousand four gimmicks, JK. JK. Man, I was wondering where he was going with this week. week. I was wondering what he was going to do with this week. I told you, I got to be consistent with my uh, metamorphosis gimmick over here. And then over here to our side, oh, wait a minute, he's still not here. Thank you, Jesus. Ricky Chevy is not here. I actually thought he was going to be here. Well, not this episode, but I thought he was going to be on the next one. So he's still that's up in the air. Oh, he will be here the next one. Oh, he will? Are you sure? Okay. Well, in that case, he's one of my favorite talents here in the area that's in the Indies. He's great. Let's just not make this like uh, the ever so long Emma promos that have been going on on Raw right now. You just, that's it. That's what it is. Why did you give away our gimmick? (laughs) Uh, I'm giving tips on the inside business player. I'm exposing a business kid. Oh, man. That's J.K. Crazy. is truly special. <laughs> S-P-E-K-L, Speckle. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to start spelling his name. You don't have double letters in your name, do you? No. No, okay. Well, <laughs> my middle name, yes, but we, nobody calls me by that. No, no one calls you by your, your gimmick names either, but that's... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Uh, Daniel channeling his inner Bobby Heenan, and I love it. Will you stop? I knew that was coming. Gorilla always comes out when Heenan's on the mic. You know, I, I gotta uh, I gotta say I'm a little um, uh, a little, little happy what's been going on this past uh, couple weeks. Um, and I mean, the start of the show, is where the launch of the show is. I want to thank you. Thanks to all the... Um, followers and uh, listeners and whatever else you call yourself podcasters you've uh, appreciated the the feedback of the show and keep sharing and subscribing and doing what you're doing i, I i'm just blown away by uh, how much people has really checked it out so. well that's because a lot of people love me so when i retweet it they listen oh oh it was you. Yeah, I'm the he's one. The, he's a Twitter phenom. He's the one getting our impressions out there. I, I did, I I'm did the one that, that listened is what I'm trying to say. Oh, so you listen to that many times as you know that uh, <laughs> I do I do what I have to. <laughs> he, he just oh I'm gonna listen to it again. These <laughs> numbers may or may not be skewed and no Donald Trump's got no hand in this. <laughs> but wow. you know, we we feel kinda official actually because we we just got our own shirts, we've got our own little business cards, so now we're Going to be promoting ourselves a little bit now. We do have our own T-shirts. We do have our own business cards. Now, you know, the cool thing about the T-shirt is it's going to be on live TV here in a couple of weeks uh, on SmackDown Live. And, uh, you know, somebody's going to be sitting front row. I'm not going to say who. Oh, somebody's going to be sitting front row. I will try to 
I will try to uh, cry you a couple tears from my suite. I'll be watching it in. Okay, well that's fine. Um, you know, but I'll I'll be advertised. I'm I'm working business. I'm advertising the show. So. Well, I'll probably be sitting up with uh, with uh, Shane. He, he'll probably uh, ask me a couple questions on how the business should go, and I'll give him some great advice. Okay, all right, that sounds pretty good. That sounds pretty good. All right, well I appreciate that. I, actually, uh, and then and I'll then give after- him some of those car- business cards. You you did. So it's like, give him the business cards. Um, no, but uh, we once again, we, know, we appreciate uh, the support, and um, you know, a lot of people was uh, there was a person that retweeted. Um, he's a kind of acquaintance of mine. He's Mike. He retweeted. And he said uh, he's like, man, this is a great first episode. Check it out. He told all of his friends and stuff to check it out. He has a lot of Twitter followers, so I was really and I think that actually, believe it or not, we had a few listens right after that. So I, I had to give him a give him a shout out for that. Um, he's a big wrestling fan and. Uh, um, he also is a crazy Led Zeppelin fan. I don't get that, but anyways, you know, some and he's a UK fan, so that's another problem. All right, we don't yeah. mention that. Well, oh, never mind. That's the other show, man. We don't mention that. All right, go yeah, ahead. Yeah. I digress. So, you know, he has a couple flaws in his life, but he's a good guy overall. So, uh, but no, no, I just want to give. Him, I told him I gave him a shout out. I directly didn't. I just kind of said I would. So uh, there it is. Uh, you know, I, we've been. I was talking about the idea of starting a wrestling podcast with a friend of mine. And he just kind of, you know, told me to go with it. I mean, you know, we, I've been a big wrestling fan for so long and obviously carry a lot of opinions and gravitas that need to be explored. Plus, mm-hmm. I've got some people in the business, same with uh, Mr. Wallman over here, who's got... A Don't give out my government there. information. They just need to know that my name's Jeremy. What's this at the beginning of the or show? Or 55, or Wally Parker. No, never call me Wally. Anyway, I digress. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of cool that we're actually, you know, just talking about the business and uh, shooting the load, if you will. <laughs> what? This is a PG show. Will I stop? Will <laughs> okay. Good. All right. Here, All right. right. Number three. Is yeah, that he's him? the three. Uh, there, there you go. go. Right there. Daniel's <laughs> finally learning the power of the mute button that LJ has already, uh, our friend has yeah, already. Yeah, but Tony Reale, he's working on that gimmick yeah. over there. Yeah. Well, actually, I've heard nothing but great things. Uh, as you know, I've got a lot of acquaintances and twitter followers and they've told me nothing but they said i need to talk a little bit more and that justin needs to be muted a little bit more so and they said that actually you were kind of corny so i thought they were spot on on about 95 percent of what they said so yeah but no. great feedback though <laughs> for me well, well, I'm, the, I'm the alex Riley. Well, there's only one corny in louisville so i can't take his job but yeah that's uh, another one there you go see I, uh, but uh, no, uh, so I, we appreciate it once again, and thanks for everybody. And it's it's Absolutely. exciting, man. We're we're really you know this is getting going, and we, we have a lot to a lot to do. And you know what? I we've been communicating back and forth a lot of different ideas. And of course, we do a couple segments that we'll do later in the show. You know, our our of course our news report, our this is awesome, and our our pipe bomb. But there's other ones on coming up, and we're gonna we're gonna uh, reveal those later and and uh, bring those to the to the uh, forefront here in the future. And I I'm excited about those and. Uh, the ideas and stuff. So, by the way, though, if you have ideas for the show or, or thoughts, uh, please tweet us or uh, each one of us individually or at Ring, Ringside Podcast individually. I'm at Daniel Spencer. I'm at Jeremy underscore CSE. And I'm at Krugermania. That's that, right. that is the one gimmick of mine that will be consistent. Then on, the, on the Twitter. On the Twitter. Yeah. On the Twitter. <laughs> Sweet um, God. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah. So take it out. And by the way, um, I, I, I want to kind of plug. Uh, everyone like I know we all have different podcasts we like to listen to, 
and Spresslin, you know, so to speak. And I love um, the, the, and I think I've talked about it before, Bruce Pritchard's podcast, Something to Wrestle With, with Bruce, Bruce Pritchard. It is just amazing the insight you get so if you have not checked it out guys go check that out i mean that's just a great podcast and uh and uh, what do you have a podcast you you like uh wrestling wise oh, i listen to stone colds i yeah. listen to jim ross's from time to time right uh i listen to the ringside podcast so yeah, those are my favorites right there favorite, yeah what about you jk or or what is your name today this week i'm sorry the man of a thousand and four holds yeah, right. the man of a thousand and four gimmicks gimmicks oh sorry yeah uh, I mean Taz's podcast right now. It's super good. I mean, yeah. it's plus it's getting a lot of airtime nationally. I mean, his with WrestleMania with uh, his collab with Jr. I think mm-hmm. that was a really good episode where Jr. just kind of let loose and was like, "Roman just needs to be an effing heel or something like that," <laughs> kind of echoing our sentiments. But right, right, which. Uh, we'll, we'll probably get to that later, but I think it's heading that way, guys. I think it's heading that way. Um, Stop while we're ahead, please. <laughs> you know what's funny? I saw it. I, I got to pull it up. I saw a, a funny, um, a funny picture um, that um, was out there, and this kind of goes with, with when it comes. Wait a to minute. Rolling. The the one picture you were showing me earlier. No, 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 no okay, no, no. okay, that's later. <laughs> Will you stop? <laughs> There's what? there's a, there's a picture. It has a picture of Goldberg and and. Um, and Brock Lesnar, and it's the WrestleMania like picture, and it says "Smarks be like." And Smarks, guys, if you're listening to the show, and you don't know what a Smark is. You probably shouldn't be listening to the show, but we appreciate you do. So, I'll or you may be is. one. Right, right. <laughs> Smark is a smart mark, and a mark is someone who just you know knows the ins and outs of pro wrestling. So, um, but a uh, Smark be like, and they'll say, "I'm tired of these 50 year old part timers make way make way for the younger talent," and it shows the main event being Goldberg and. Lesnar, but then at the bottom it says, "Then they be like," and it shows Roman Reigns and Taker, and it says, "If Undertaker loses to Roman, I'm done with the WWE." But yet, you know, he's a 50 year old part time wrestler. But anyways, it's, it's but he's not wrestling a 50 year old part time wrestler. And True. Roman Reigns sucks, True, just like Goldberg and Lesnar yeah, do. True, but I'm just it, the whole point is sorry. That, you know, I mean, as far as wrestling, they're upset about people in 50 years old being in the main event, and not the younger stars. But yet. They don't want Undertaker. They want Undertaker to be the main event. And Undertaker should never ever lose in WrestleMania. I would agree, but it already happened. So now no, I don't remember that. And that's the circumstantial thing. I think Taker is above the part-time stigma yeah. that guys like Goldberg and Brock Lesnar have because I don't care who you are, everybody gets excited for the Undertaker. That's yeah, absolutely. Just bottom line, he was my first uh, favorite wrestler. Um, I mean, kids. You weren't a kid, kid. You liked Hulk Hogan. Everyone, just everyone did. But, um, but as far as when I started individualizing, getting a wrestler, it was it was Undertaker. Right. But, the know. first VHS I actually had of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, I'm 25 and I still remember VHSs. But I digress. The first VHS I had was of the Undertaker, and I was like six, seven years old. And one of the, the first two matches that I saw on it was the Boiler Room Brawl with Mankind. Yep. And then the Buried Alive match with Mankind as well, where uh, I think it was like the Executioner helped him out or yeah. something like that. And then I saw like the Inferno, the Casket, the Hell in a Cell match. And I'm just like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. Yeah, he had a great – and you know what? His his feud with – and actually I heard a podcast today. Jericho's podcast was another good one. Um, I heard uh, his podcast today, which was the biggest podcast ever, finally having Mick Foley on the show. And Mick Foley kind of talked about that two-year run that him and the Undertaker were these 
rivals, and they wasn't. It was supposed to be two months and lasted over two years, and it's kind of amazing, um, you know, where they started, and then of course the big send off the Hell in the Cell '98, King of the Ring, or what you know that whole um, crazy match it is itself. But it's kind of interesting to look back at some of the Undertaker's best matches are with either or with McFoley, and then of course people like you know, uh, Shawn I, Michaels and whatnot. I feel like we could do an episode solely about Undertaker, not necessarily like when he retires, but just kind of like a retrospective and talk like, you know, those feuds with like mankind or Kane or, you know what? That's a good topic to have one day. And I think we can do that. We'll, we'll, we'll work on, I mean, cause you know, our shows are always going to be topical, so to speak, or we're going to, we're going to always share our thoughts and opinions on things, but going to kind of be topical a little bit with in and out of interviews. So yeah, that's something we can tackle one day for sure. I like that idea. What do you say? 55. Uh, I'm sorry. I've been asleep the last five minutes. What y'all said? Oh, okay. Okay. I'm just kidding. Uh, No, for uh, for me, though, getting back onto The Undertaker for a second, I can remember uh, watching Survivor Series when he debuted and just being in awe. And, I I mean, I was watching it. Yeah, I'm I'm a little older than uh, Kruger Mania over here. But I remember watching it live, and I was like, who is this guy? And he came in. He cleaned house, and then within six, and even at that age, I was I was old enough to realize that certain guys won the title and certain guys didn't win the title, and you had to earn your way to the title. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Hulk Hogan had to wrestle uh, several years before he even got a shot at the Iron Sheik, and um, Taker came right in, and like his first uh, his first big match, I think was a. Uh, was a heavyweight title match against Hulk Hogan, and he beat him. And then that, that was the first time that I remember that they had an impromptu pay per view. It was called like Tuesday in Texas. Yeah, and uh, it, that's when Hulk Hogan won it right back from him. I think it was the the, the pay per view was on a Sunday, and uh, he well, of course it was. And then he won the Hogan won the title back that very next. But it was the first it, he changed the rest. I mean, you never had a oh hey by the way everybody. Uh, it's primetime wrestling. Tune in tomorrow. We're gonna have a pay per view, and you're like, "What? A pay per view? <laughs> right? In the middle of the week?" So he's definitely. I, that's why I don't hold him in the same uh, regards as I do Oldberg and uh, Brock Lesnar. So well, that re- that goes to my reference last week when I talked about Triple H right. not being a part time wrestler either. So Triple H is the man. He uh, he's a great businessman. Absolutely. So, but uh, so we teased last week what our topic was going to be about, and uh, this this week, and and this is our first kind of really topical show. So uh, we'll see more of these coming. But it was kind of t- talking about our um, wrestlers that we think from today and from the past that uh, you know we think is either however you want to spin it, but are the best on the mic or best out there, best today, and the worst. Or- All right. So which one are we going to hit first? Uh, why don't we, uh, imagine we'll split them up. Yeah. Okay. Why don't we, uh, start with, um, why don't we just go with the best for the for today? The best for Who today. Who we think is the best today. Okay. You want to start it off? Um, sure. I will. I, I, Mine's kind of between two, so I already, and I already I, know who it is. Why don't I let one of you all go, so that way, in case you say the one I say, I'll say the other one. Okay. I'll go ahead. I think the best guy going today gimmick uh making the best out of their hill slash face position i think the miz is absolutely crushing it Mm -hmm. uh wrestling wise promo wise um 
he's always been a favorite of mine. He's there's been times over the last six, seven, eight years that he's been underutilized, and I've still stuck with him because. I mean, he's the real dude. I mean, he's one of the first guys that had broken into the business via the the um, reality show yeah. uh, bridge, and uh, you know he uh, he made the most of his opportunity. He almost was kicked off, kicked out of the locker room immediately. Uh, he had lots of heat with JBL because JBL didn't believe he belonged there, and he has more than proved that he belongs there. And now he's st- standing toe to toe on the mic. With everybody else's Mr. Jesus, John Cena, and he is handling him thoroughly on the microphone, and I, I'm loving it. I, I mean, I I think I agree. He should really, he should be one of the ones in the in the main event for the for one of the championships. Obviously, the SmackDown one, but, but I'm okay with what they're doing. But I think that he's next in line. Maybe SummerSlam move move it to him. But I, I agree with that. He's he's been amazing this past year alone. With the with the addition of Maurice in there, oh, it's just been an all new level. Absolutely, completely. And this talking smack deal they have going on, where that that show, by the way, FYI, in case you don't know, it is the best show on the WWE network. It really Not, is better than any of the pay per views. Better, than, I mean, literally, you know, I could watch an episode of that every night and be have my wrestling fix and be good. You probably watch unfiltered, but anyway, um, it but it really is. It really What's is wrong with unfiltered. Anyway, uh, anyway, um, but it, it is, and guys are making their mark on that show too. AJ, when, when AJ first came around, everybody already knew he was in the best. He was the best in the world at what he does. Not trying to gimmick and fringe off of Chris Jericho, but what did it take before people started really embracing AJ? Oh, the brand split. Well, what did they start doing after the brand split? I don't know about that. I, I would say that. well, more. That's why it's my opinion and not yours. Anyway, so what happened after the brand split? Talking smack. Who's been the person other than the Miz that's garnered the most FaceTime on Talking Smack and has really smack talked Thursday or Tuesday night? I'm still thinking SmackDowns on Thursday. Tuesday nights. It's been the uh, it's been AJ and the Miz, and it's just like that. That's actually aided them both. I think in in their in their rise over the last mm-hmm. year. Yeah. But I mean back to the Miz though. I mean the Miz like what he's doing right now these promo he can cut an amazing promo. And I got you got to give Cena credit comes right back with it too and I think they're both bringing out their best best of each other in these promos they're doing. And same with Daniel Bryan because when the Miz was on talking smack or anything with Daniel Bryan He's cutting the amazing promos on him, and Daniel Bryan's coming right back with him, making Miz cut it. You know, going, they're going back and forth, and it's crazy that they'll never have a match to, you know, <laughs> will never right. have a payoff be in this a, feud. Yeah, yeah. Be because a of Daniel Bryan's, you, you think there will be? I do. I think there's going. Daniel think, Bryan has said he he's trying to. He made kind of a cryptic comment. I heard about it, but I think do you think that was planned? You think he was supposed I don't to say think, it that way? I don't think he was supposed to say it. I don't think it was planned, and he definitely insinuated that. To me, okay, here's what I took out of that. When my contract's over here, I will be going to Ring of Honor. I will be wrestling somebody. You're right, but it won't be The Miz. The Miz is going to be – he's not going to leave WWE. <laughs> Just well. uh, who, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Yeah. But it, it'll be against somebody phenomenal. No no foreshadowing there. It will be, it, it'll be a great match because that's, Daniel Bryan's not going to risk his health to wrestle some jabroni. It's going to be somebody – and everybody's – I mean, who, who's really left? I, I don't know. I, I'm just – he's going to wrestle another match. 
I hope it's for WWE. I don't think it's going to be for WWE. See, I don't know about Daniel Bryan coming back. I mean, he's going to be a dad sooner or later. I mean, he's he had that little brain scan where apparently it showed some. Well, ab- it was doctors got approved. Doctors approved it, and the WWE's doctor said no. But he has he has he has opinions from doctors saying he's okay, he's cleared. But the WWE's main doctor says no. Right, but he's only insinuated that he would it would be a one off match. He was like. He said it was like 16 to 18 months. You will see a one-off match. Well, it was would, but would you rather see him fight the Miz? Or I would. would rather, I would like to see that one-off match. Not AJ Styles? Or AJ. No, that would be a f- – I was about to do it again. No pun intended, but that would be a phenomenal match. Go ahead okay. and drum roll me. I don't care. Right, well, it is what it is. What? Uh, okay, so, JK, what's your um, – as far as your right now today the best wrestler? Shinsuke Nakamura. All right, I'm about to mute myself. <laughs> okay, why, why would you mute yourself on this? <laughs> anyway, anyway, he's so talking. You can't hear him. Here, here's no, why no. Shinsuke is my number one guy. The dude has charisma that cannot be imitated or duplicated. Just his presence that he brings out to the ring is unique. And it gives you goosebumps every time he does a entrance at say like a takeover. I still get some when I think about you know the one he did back in August against Samojo when he won the title. I think, and then of course he grew up in Japan. He trained in the New Japan Dojo. He's bringing that style over to America and bringing exposure of that to the Americas who may have not have seen him before and. With the bigger platform that he has, he's putting on great matches. That match with Sami Zayn in Dallas is probably one of the best matches I've ever seen in years. Probably the best since seeing a punk at Money in the Bank. And I know he doesn't necessarily talk a lot in promos, but his charisma is enough to get him by on that. Kind of like how The Miz is good enough on the mic to sort of overlook how, why he's not necessarily a top 10 guy in the ring compared to, say, an AJ Styles or a Bobby Roode or a Kevin Owens. So I think Shinsuke Nakamura would probably be my top pick right now. Okay. I mean, Miz isn't a top 10 wrestler in the ring right now? Uh, I would say he's top 15. I don't know about top 10. Okay, back to you, Daniel. I mean, I think he's in the top ten. Okay, but um, who's yeah. yours? Who is yours? Well, that's what I'm gonna. Well, I was gonna say one more thing about uh, Nakamura. I mean, he is he is great. And I do agree that match with Sami Zayn was was phenomenal. Uh, no pun. Is, is, it, is this like the Pee Wee Herman's? Every time somebody <laughs> says the word, we gotta like. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll let you do it. You seem more comfortable. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I just I think that. Yes, I, I I I agree with you, and I think he has great matches. But I I disagree as far as being the best. But all but at the same time, he's if you look at NXT, he's probably the, he's definitely the best out of the group right now. But you look overall scale, he comes down a little bit. But that is that just means that he'll you know when he gets to the main roster, they call it, he'll probably have a different set, you know different scale, different people to work with, and, and and it'll be on a different level at that point too. He's okay, but he's not glorious. Bob Bob Roode is is done amazing stuff and he's a great worker, but uh, you know, I shouldn't say he's worked a lot longer and 
you know, been around a lot longer, and I think, uh, you know, he's it proves it shows that. I mean, Nakamura but, has put up certified Melter five star matches, which that is a hell of an endorsement to get in the biz. Yeah, but Melter is also called stuff four star, five stars that is not really that great too. I understand it's yeah. a subjective thing, yeah. but I mean, but I mean, he called Melter. I mean, he's he's yeah, he called Daniel Spencer four star material, and we know we know that that's not necessarily uh, true. Daniel's a three star. He got lost a star because we're not airing this podcast from the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, um, all right, mine. I was I had two that I was going to go back and forth with, and one of them I want to talk about, but. It's not going to be the one I'm going to pick as the best right now, and and the reason being is because kind of in, he has an injury going on, and he's it's up in the air what he's what his status is for WrestleMania. So that just tells you who that is right there. Right. So I'm going to go with Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is amazing, doing amazing mic work, amazing work overall. He did this great run with Jericho, this whole best friend gimmick thing, and this this comedy kind of heel. But then he now he shows he's that passionate hate it heel that you want to hate and his work in the ring is bar none i mean when you talk about the match with shinsei and, and Sami Zayn, look at the stuff to him that kevin owens and Sami Zayn has done not to mention that i think the first pay-per-view match that he had at the elimination chamber against john cena was a great phenomenal match Woo. It was a great match. I mean, the stuff that him and Cena pulled out in that match was just amazing. And when you look at Kevin Owens, you think, this guy can't go for 60 minutes. Oh, yeah, he can. He can go in that ring, and he he's his, he don't have the look that everyone wants. He has a a real man look that you see in a bar that you know. You go in a bar, and you're thinking, that guy can uh, – that guy's gonna gonna kick, gonna whip some butt. He can he can start a fight. You don't you you look at other guys and you think that you can be wrong, but you look at someone like maybe Shinsei, you don't think he could. You think he can pull karate on you, and it's just because of his of, of his culture. It's not that you think he's this great wrestler. And you look at someone like the Miz, you don't you think you can take the Miz? Ah, oh, I can take the Miz. It's a little you know crappy guy. But you look at Kevin Owens and you think, uh, I don't know that guy might that guy could probably beat me up. I ain't gonna mess with him. And that's just he has that he has that look that rough gruff look, and to top it off, he's just overall great entertainer. And I believe that ten years from now we'll be talking about him being one of the greatest of all time. Uh, two things I want to bring up to follow that up. First, uh, Kevin Owens is also an example of wrestlers be- having a more realistic, more humanly look. I guess you could right, say right because. The wrestlers today, most of them aren't, you know, the hulking behemoths that lurked around wrestling like, say, 15, 20 years ago when, you know, The Rock was a former D lineman for the Hurricanes. Stone Cold's a guy who has pretty impressive size, like six, three, six, yeah, four. Yeah, but in wrestling, he was considered a small guy, too, Steve Austin. He was a football player. I mean, Hogan yeah. was pretty big. Triple H, Undertaker, you know, the list goes on and on. And Kevin Owens is kind of like, He's kind of like the face, if you will, of how wrestling's kind of evolved more into, you know, smaller, more, less, you know, God, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, it's almost like, you know, 
there's been people that that Vince has gave it a chance to, and slowly worked. You had to work him in, in bit, but he he slowly gave it a chance. And one of them being we talked about earlier, Mankind, Mick, Mick Foley, when he came in as Mankind, he didn't like him at all. The reason why he became Mankind was he wanted to put a mask on him because he thought he was his face was terrible, and his and so he did that. It wasn't wrong. <laughs> he did that. To get to, to you know, that all, he's going to be on you, Jim Ross, because you're the one that keeps wanting to bring him in. And then he turns out to be one of the greatest superstars he ever had and made him a lot of money, Vince McMahon. So, of course, obviously Vince loves him now. But he, you know, did that. And that kind of opened the door, I think, for a lot of other people in, in the in the future. And and then, of course, what the world has been getting away from this whole, like you said, the big, big, huge behemoth guys and more into a – Standard look, those guys, trust me, a lot of those guys still look amazing and in shape, but compared to what they used to look like, or someone like uh, Braun Strowman or um, Roman Reigns, or go back to The Rock and Hulk Hogan, those guys right there, um, they're complete, they're small compared to them. And another thing about Kevin Owens, too, is that uh, KO is a different heel, which I- I've watched WWE, you know, on again, off again, and I've mostly been on the last seven years or so and most of the art heels are just like a bland archetype where they have to you know cheat to win or they have to have like five guys come in to help save the day for them no kevin owens stands on his two feet he wins matches on his own as a heel he's just an asshole about it i don't know about that because he does play the cowardly heel too and he does like cheat too but he does but he if held he, the title for almost a year because Jericho bailed him out like the first eight pay per views. So, but his first match against John Cena as great. a heel, he won clean, and he didn't even, he didn't even go clean. outside of the ring for that. Right, right. Yeah, that gave him instant credibility right away, which some heels kind of lack to me, honestly. Yeah, I mean that's true. It, it's it it is. Um, so what do you think? You, I mean, you you haven't really said much about Kevin Owens, but. Oh, Kevin Owens is my hero. If you've not noticed, he modeled himself after me. So um, that makes perfect sense now. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, shout out to Ke- my guy Ko. Uh, he used to be named, he used to be Kevin Steen as Yano. Uh, we go way back. Did you see that Kevin Owens has a DVD coming out in like June or July I or saw something? That. I'll be the first to buy it, oh, even yeah, though I can bootleg it. I, I can't wait to see that. Yeah, well, I'll buy the Blu-ray, not the DVD. But yeah, we'll, yeah, I'll, I'll buy the Blu-ray and I'll toss it in the garbage and then uh, watch it for free. On I'll probably wait. YouTube. I'll probably wait till it's on a network for that. The only like wrestler biography I've actually bought a DVD for was the Macho Man one. I bought CM Punk's, but that was before the network too. I bought so. CM Punk's. I bought Triple H's. I bought Triple H's. Yeah, and I Jerry Lawler. I bought Jerry Lawler. I actually yeah. bought Macho Man's a month before the network came out, though. So kind of comes with an asterisk, but yeah, yeah. I won't just buy everyone that comes out, but definitely Kevin Owens is worthy of, of that because that'll be one of those that they show his humble beginnings, all the indie stuff. I'm gonna love it. Yeah, it'd be it'll be good stuff. Um, yeah, I can just come over here and watch it. I'll buy it. Let's do it. All right, this point we'll we'll re record. We'll do commentary for that. There podcast. we go. We can do it. We can do a live <laughs> read. <laughs> all right. So all right. So uh, all right. We we talked about our our best or who we think is doing the best right now. We got the Miz, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Kevin Owens. That's a pretty good mix. I would actually. That could be my main event, the triple threat WrestleMania. I'll take that sure. over what we got going on right now. Ugh. But even though I'm not, I'm not too, I'm I'm okay on the card. It's getting there. Um, all right. So what? Um, now let's go back in time. Okay. Okay. And let's do 
the best from or we thought that was I'm going to do it this way because this is the way I, I did it because I could pick my favorite wrestler from the 90s or whatever. But let's say the mo- the most underrated, underutilized wrestler that had had a great gimmick or had had star power, but they could have done a lot more if they were used right. How about that? Okay. I went first last time, so JK, take this one. You're going to laugh at me for this, but I think it's Ricky Steamboat. Okay. Okay. Ricky Steamboat in the WWE should have been a WWF champion. I agree with that. I would argue yeah. before Macho Man. Because first off, he beat Macho Man at WrestleMania three in what many consider to be the greatest match of all time. Number two, in my opinion. But yeah. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that gave him instant credibility because, of course, I think Macho Man held the title for like a year, I believe. It yeah. was a long time. A long time. And I believe he, other than uh, Andre, he was the top heel in the company, right? Yeah. So if Ricky stays in the company and, you know, if Hulk Hogan isn't there, which is unfortunate for Steamboat, then Steamboat is hands down the runaway face of the company, in my opinion. It was unfortunate for a lot of guys because there's a lot of guys in that era that you can that that you could turn around now and be like, that guy should have been a mega star in that era. Now, Ted DiBiase is one of them. Now, Ted DiBiase yes, for sure. DiBiase, absolutely. And mm-hmm. uh, Steamboat, I mean, give him his credit. He's He was NWA champion and, again, probably some of the greatest matches of all time yeah. with Ric Flair. But had he stayed in WWE, I mean, he, he should have won the world title, and it's an injustice that he never did. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're uh, – DiBiase, Jake Roberts, um, you know. You can there, go. There's, there's a lot of guys so in the many. 80s and 90s that should have won the world title but didn't. I mean, one that comes to mind in the 90s for me is Vader. Mm. No comment. I'll, I'll save. I have a comment later. I'll save. <laughs> um, I, uh, I, I think um, when it comes to, you know, looking back, but see, you go back to that time frame, though, this talks about our last discussion before about this universal title is that the intercontinental title was meant something back then it did and it was huge so to have that title the guys that we named carried those titles to have that title it was just as important granted the 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 WWE champion was or wbf champion was more important to get that but it was very prestige to hold the intercontinental title during that time yeah it was defended a lot at the garden and the smaller shows and guys like pat patterson and Hockey um, Talk Man even was the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion. And uh, right? Tito Santana. So, right. Guys like that, you know, they brought a lot of validity to the IC title, as you know, what Dean Ambrose said about it once. It's the worker's belt where the guy comes in every single night, defends the belt with a lot of heart, with a lot of valor. Yeah. And puts on a good 20, 30 minute match for the fans to enjoy. You know, I think uh, another thing, too, is that uh, people don't realize is, I mean, this is my, my own opinion. And I don't know if anybody backed me up on this, but I think that some of the, the three guys we named should have been in this spot the Ultimate Warrior got. Yeah. Because – Same with Psycho said. You mean, mean in his spot instead of him, or you mean he should have been in Ultimate Warrior spot? Replace Psycho said. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's another <laughs> – yeah, definitely. I It's just that those – I wasn't I wasn't a warrior fan. Never really was. Never cared. I never. I didn't get this whole the warriors and the whatever. He was entertain. His promos were entertaining. Yeah, he was entertaining. They were weird, but he wasn't a very. I mean, 
wherever you're at, rest your soul. He wasn't a very entertaining in-ring wrestler. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he met Jesus. I mean, I, I just don't. Um, I, I I never was a big fan. Now, granted, he was he's an icon, and and the way they honor him and all that, and in the Hall of Fame, he's definitely Hall of Fame and all that. But I think that he would have had that even without being. You know, having that what was it WrestleMania six where they were Hogan and him fought? Yep. Yeah, in Indianapolis. Indianapolis, yeah, uh, Toronto. Yeah, it was, it was Toronto. They eight, fought in Toronto. Eight was yeah, yeah, where yeah, yeah, Hogan right, and right, Sid right, fought, right. and Warrior saved him. So I, I just don't, uh, I don't get it. I mean, I, I just didn't think. And plus, it, it showed that people didn't really care, and and Warrior wasn't a draw because they had to. He wasn't drawing after after the fact they had they had to drop the belt off of him. So it just shows that you know. Um, it wasn't what they thought it was going to be, and I think someone like Jake or or Ted DiBiase or Ricky Steamboat would have could have been that draw. Uh, of course, this could have, would have, should have, you know that kind of stuff. So uh, I'll go next, so that way you can go last. My um, my person, and then you're going to laugh at this to me. And I actually have three, but I'm gonna I want to narrow it down to one, and here's why. I'm gonna go with Gold Dust. Here's about here's the thing about Gold Dust. He can go with today or yesterday or whatever, but Goldust, of course, we know who his, his father's Dusty Rhodes, one of the greatest of all time. And I think that D- Goldust or Dustin, whatever, because he was a couple of different names in WCW too, I think honestly, he was just as good on the mic, just as good in the ring as his dad was. The problem was he never got the chance to really show it. And when he when he had those little segments that he got to show it, it was great. But in the ring, he was amazing. He could do some amazing, crazy stuff. And he, even even most recently, when he him and his brother did this stuff and they were tag team, they were killing it um, back in. He's, and, of course, he was in the best shape of his life, and he's way past his prime and still doing it. Just imagine if he was doing this in his prime in the 90s. And him and, the, the, him and Roddy Roddy Piper, that – that feud they had at that WrestleMania, that um, street fight thing, that was just amazing set of business right there. Yep. And I think, and of course, Roddy Piper's in it. And I get it, but I just think that Gold Dust could have been taken to another level. And I honestly think when Brian Pillman died, I think that's where his momentum stopped. Because if you notice, that's that that was really going somewhere, and then it stopped, and all of a sudden, that was it. Next thing you know, he was playing a baby and getting getting um, getting thrown in a porta potty by Stone Cold Steve Austin and. And that was like nothing. So it just didn't. It 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 didn't. It, it could have been more than what it was. And I think, it, unfortunately, the death of Brian Pillman hurt him from going further. Because I think Vince kind of, all right, let's give him something else and let's move on, kind of deal. You could argue that Goldust was sort of, I guess, more the catalyst for the Attitude Era than, say, the DX was, because when Goldust first came about, he had this kind of like very a feminine personality to him mm-hmm. with his character that quite frankly not a lot of re- wrestling had seen since I would argue probably the early days of Gorgeous George in the 40s and 50s and then you know the whole stigma of you know homosexuality in wrestling doesn't have a place is Goldust gay maybe we shouldn't have him as a world champion. And he was kind of a polarizing character, but just never given the legs because, you know, Shawn Michaels took over and then Bret Hart. And then later on, Stone Cold just shot off like a rocket after see, King that, of the Ring. But see, that's what I'm thinking. He was on the path there. He was going to be involved in that. But Brian Pillman died in 97, October of 97. So that kind of that, that stopped what he was doing. Now, he did other stuff after that, but it just, if you look. It was like he was on a whole new level, and then all of a sudden, boom, his momentum just stopped. Right. And I hate to say it, it's 
because someone died. It's just, but when you're involved in some, I mean, his that storyline. Do you, you remember that? Mm-hmm. That was amazing storyline. That was going into to taking his wife and and he had her as a slave and all this stuff. And of course, there was going to be a payoff at the end. I'm sure where you know she turned on Pillman or whatever it was. But there was like something they were going. And of course, we all can look at even Pillman. Like, what, what would have Pillman done after you know what would happen? You know. Um, I think Pillman probably would have went nuts uh, for the screw job. Anyways, that would have been a month later. I think he would have went crazy. But it's just like, what would have happened if he didn't die for Pillman's sake, but not alone for Goldust's sake? I, I just think he would have had a better career. And you know, even he left twice. He left WWE twice, frustrated. And of course, his brother Cody did the same thing because he was underutilized. You know, recently, mm-hmm. and it's just—I don't know if it's a stigma that that Vince has against the Rhodes family. Um, I, I don't know because he was kind of—he supposedly they thought it was a rib that they threw polka dots on Dusty, but it's just something about um, about that family. It's like they—they they have the talent that can be the greatest, but yet they get pushed back, pushed down, and maybe that's someone burying them. I don't know. Yeah, um, I've always. Like the uh, the Rhodes family, and as you said, you know Cody's kind of d- doing the same thing, uh, blazing his own path there. But uh, I want to get to real quick, if you don't mind, my my uh, my guy. And we were talking earlier about uh, guys that kind of missed the boat because Hogan was around, and a couple guys that we did. Uh, well, one guy that we didn't mention that's really really obvious, Roddy Roddy Piper. Yeah. Great in-ring wrestler, great promo guy. He had everything, and he was just always, always overlooked. But that's not my guy. That's not the. Uh, that's not my underutilized guy. And y'all are gonna. I'm gonna pull this name out of a, out of my you know rear end. Bad news, Brown. Great hill had a great game, but people weren't ready for that kind of a hill at his time. He was just sure. walking around beating everybody's butt. Well, he had he a big. Was, he had a match with Roddy, didn't he? Yeah, he won. Uh, he won, and also he. Uh, I'm not sure how many times, but he's the former Intercontinental Champion. Bad News Brown yeah. is, and uh, before he got his first title shot, he was just going around. He was cheap shotting people. He was doing whatever it took to get ahead and get his title match, and he finally got it. He won the title, and it just, he just kind of died down after that. Kind of disappeared into nowhere, but. I feel like, you know, that's the kind kind of guy that we needed back then. Hulk Hogan, we didn't need to bring in a guy from No Holds Barred to be Hogan. We we needed to pit him up against a guy that was already a hill in the company that was doing good business as a hill. And I just feel like they missed the boat on old bad news. I can see that. I mean, I, 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 I just didn't want to do the same thing everybody else did, so I just picked a rando. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Well, one of the other guys that I thought of, too, and this is kind of, you know, this is people think what you're talking about. He had great career, but Owen Hart. Oh yeah, Owen Hart should have. He was in oh, the, the Blue Blazer. You mean? <laughs> Stop it. Get out of here. He was, but he was. The problem with Owen Hart was he was in Brett Shadow. You could say that about most people in the Hart family, like British Bulldog, Jim Neidhart. You know, they could have had capable singles runs. British Bulldog probably should have been the first British World Champion, but. When you have to live up to a guy's legacy like Bret Hart, who I would argue was also kind of underutilized a little bit. Well, you know, in, it, the er, in earlier, in early stages, but, but, yeah. but after that, he 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 he, he broke. The, he, he shattered the glass. Cylinder. Yeah, he 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 took the new era. Too, yeah, but, after yeah. Vince time and again tried to have it pulled from under him with guys like Yokozuna and Razor, not Razor Ramon, but uh, Lex Luger. Yeah. Oh gosh. 
And, and, and Hogan, don't forget that. WrestleMania nine or eight. What was it? What was it in Caesars? What was that one? Can you please mute yourself, Daniel, for that? You know what I'm talking about, though, right? I know what you're talking about. I would just rather drink some bleach to forget about this. <laughs> Are you yeah, talking but, about Yokozuna versus Bret Hart when Yokozuna won and Hulk Hogan came and saved the day? day. And yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. That was Caesar's Palace. Trash. Yeah, yeah. The worst WrestleMania, I think, of all time, actually. That I don't know worst. about that, but that was the worst uh, yeah, had, match you, you, of all time. You also had the worst. That was JR's debut in WWE. It was, but you also had the worst Taker match, too, that same one. You had Taker oh, versus Giant John Gonzalez. Gonzalez. Yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of dug the body suit. His hairy, yeah. non glorious. Oh, well, maybe, maybe him and this Big Boss Man might be worse than WrestleMania 15, but uh, one of those two are the worst Taker matches of WrestleMania ever. I, I won't disagree with that. <laughs> I'm not contesting this either. All right, so all right, so let's um, let's go back to now or, or segue over to from today's world our worst or or overrate or we now. Need to get how off. much time are you going to give me to talk about the three dorks? Now this is uh, I mean dwarfs. <laughs> I'm sorry. Now this is not a this is not you're not doing pipe bomb this week. Oh no so. no no! Everything I say is a pipe bomb, baby. <laughs> Channel my inner dusty rose, baby. All right, so go go ahead, go go ahead. I mean, you already said three. Wh- wh- which one do you, uh, Larry, Carly, or Mo? Which one do you want first? Go ahead with Larry. All right, so that's John Cena. Hate him. That's it. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so what? What about? Why is he the worst? Uh, because he claims people can't see him, and I can see his bright rear end every time he comes out. Next. Wait, 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 hold on. Next. No, 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 we're not going next. You're not getting off this. Ne- Why is he, he's the face that runs the place. No, but he's not the champ that runs the camp, so next. But I need he, neither is AJ Styles. Right. Next. But but hold on, though. No, we're not next. We're NXT back. next. We're, we're back to John Cena. you got to elaborate a little more. He's had... The longest he had a he had a long career better okay. at top better than Stone Cold Steve I'm Austin. I'm going to The Rock, Triple H. I'm going to no, no Hulk Hogan. Not even close to any of them. Not close to Hulk Hogan. Not close to any of them because he, he wins the title seventy seven million times. Now I'm 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 disagree on the whole no. title. I think it's crazy that he's going to break Kurt, um, Kurt Angle, Rick Flair, Rick Flair's record eventually. I think it's crazy of that. But hold on though. Backtrack here. Hold okay, on. but but you asked me my opinion on, and here's my opinion. He's got five moves. He can't wrestle worth a hot dang, and they always every time John Cena gets put in a title match, you know he's going to win it. He's the modern day Hulk Hogan, and it's absolutely despicable that I have to have a a person, a wrestler, shoved down. Just shoved in my face. I don't want. I don't want to know that this guy okay. can never be beaten. And then when he does, it's it's a huge deal. And then the next week, he slaughters whoever beat him for the fourteenth time. It's, okay. it's it's not believable. Uh, it's stupid. I got a question. And I got two more guys to get do you, to. Do you love the Undertaker? Uh, yes, I love the Undertaker. Do you know, he only has five moves. I didn't say he was a great wrestler, but he has five moves. He's been around. Well, okay, so he's actually been around longer than Cena and, and longer career and, and longevity. Right. But, he's he's earned he's earned his right to only wrestle he, once a year now. But he but he also only has five moves. He's not one of my top ten favorite wrestlers. No. So. But but see but he goes back to that comment. He's not I made a, he's not an eighty time world champion either. He goes back to the comment I made about the picture about the meme. He's Leave got, her out of this. Oh, the other picture. <laughs> it's it's it, that that it shows that. Everyone hates John Cena for the same things that they love The Undertaker. That's not true. 
I hate John Cena because he's not even believable as as the baddest dude in the yard. I mean, Brock Lesnar beat him in 90 seconds. What part of an undead mortician is supposed to be real? What's that got to do with John Cena sucking as a wrestler? I'm not really sure. Got, how does he suck as a wrestler? Because though? he can only do five things. He he Stone the best cold could do you five name, moves you in name, his You name any match that you say is one of John Cena's top ten matches, and odds are that the person he's wrestling is a phenomenal wrestler. Great Kali. It's not one of his best matches of all time. But it made I it, said he, name one of his top ten matches of all time, and then I will show you on the other side of that. That it's one of the guys that's a phenomenal wrestler, AJ Styles, Randy Orton, Randy Orton, names name, name Brock Lesnar. He, that's not one of his top ten matches of all time. That's a suck fest. <laughs> Triple H, Triple H is a phenomenal wrestler. He's one of the best in the business. So, so okay, so John on. Cena. Can, here's the hold point: on. John Cena cannot have a good match with a bad wrestler. Great Khali. He didn't have a good match with him. Yes, he did. It was on Raw. You don't remember that in 2010? Nobody remembers that but you. Do you remember that, JK? 2010? He was four then. How's he going to remember that? I digress. Will I stop? Yes. My point is, is that with every wrestler in the business that's a good wrestler, their top ten matches are against against great guys. Okay, but Shawn Michaels has always had great, great matches with great wrestlers. Shawn too. Michaels could rest, wrestle with a wet paper bag and make it a top ten match. Okay, but he's also all and his, he's wrestled John Cena multiple times, so that proves it. All his greatest, all the all of his greatest matches have always been with someone that, according to you, can really wrestle. Although two of them are the Undertaker, and you, and you said you don't think he's a good wrestler, so. Right, but one of those matches wasn't it a uh, wasn't it a gimmick match? Wasn't he with Triple H in one of them? Against the Undertaker? Yeah, wasn't no, it a it was, triple? No, it was a triple. He was a referee. Okay, so he the, all right. But that, so, but that was a great, and match. that was, was probably his best match with the Undertaker, and he wasn't even in it. No, so. it, was, it was WrestleMania twenty five. Was that was the greatest match of all time? <laughs> so, all right, so that's your okay. So okay, John that's Cena number one. All right, I, but luckily I don't have I don't have a lot to elaborate on the other two because the other two just or like a, a sack I, of farts. All, so, I'm say, all I'm saying is that I, I pretty much debunked your John Cena you, thing. You didn't, though. You I, think you did, but you didn't. I, did. I, I, I rebutted everything that, that you said. John, I, name I, I'll, I'll, go ahead and send me your tweets, and I'll retweet them so he can you, see them. You go right ahead, and and odds are you'll be 12 years old or under who likes bright-colored T-shirts. Anyway, you name, and you can at me, at Jeremy underscore CSE. Send me one of John Cena's top ten matches, and I guarantee you it's probably against the Blue Meanie or uh, or the Great Kali, as Daniel said. But anyway, the other two dwarfs, uh, dorks, are Roman Reigns, just plain, and Dean Ambrose, who I'm pretty sure I just bought a car from last week up here at Thrifty. All right, so I get the Dean Ambrose one. Um, <laughs> Roman Reigns, back to him. All right, so he's not even a decent wrestler. Like I could go in there. Guess what, Daniel? Oh, that's my finishing move. I just pimp slapped you on the side of the head. Now you have to fall down, and I'm going to pin you. Well, he had a great match with Braun Strowman just his last pay per view. No, Braun Strowman had a great match with him. Oh god! <laughs> oh god! Are we calling Braun Strowman a great worker? No, I'm saying that Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman is coming out of his shell, and he is going to be a powerhouse on the scene going forward. But I'm not going to say that he's going to be a great wrestler. 
But he carried, literally carried Roman Reigns in that match. I mean, I'm... I'm I'm gonna slap you across the head and that, the, and you're done. I, I'm Roman Reigns. Look, I'm supposed look. to be like I, I'm from the I, the bloodlines of Tonga and Samoa and The Rock. And well, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Here's the thing about Roman Reigns. I don't like his gimmick. I don't like his. I don't like, I don't like all his. That. Sa- I don't like his face. But here's the thing. He can actually wrestle. He he's a good worker. Don't mute me. That's you, anyways. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm about to leave the room. He's, he's a not. good. Re- he can wrestle. He just. He just. He just. He was in bad. He was in bad predicaments. Are you quitting the show already? I'm quitting. He's quitting. He's quitting the show. Everybody. That's all it took was for me to talk. For me to say something positive about Cena and Roman Reigns. That's all it took. Now he's gone. He's I'm out of here. <laughs> all right. So Dean Ambrose, I get. I, I'm not. I don't know why he's. He needs to be. You know. Um, he's the. Uh, I can't even think of who it was back in then, but he's yeah. I, I agree with you. I mean, that. a lot of people call him the modern day Brian Pillman, and not even the Hollywood Blonde's Brian no, Pillman because no, Hollywood Blonde no, Brian Pillman, Brian Pillman was way better, was phenomenal. No, a lot of people compare his herky jerky. No, but it's complete. It, his is more like kooky, hokey, like t- cartoon Scooby Doo type of thing. Brian Pillman Do you was not more, remember the loose cannon, Brian? Like in his that, end days, he was like was, a coot. No, but no, Same. he was more like like a like a Wassel serious Joker type of loose cannon. You didn't have that with with Dean Ambrose. You get more of a goofy, kooky like cartoon character. With Dean Ambrose, you get is this guy about to have a seizure in the middle of the ring? Oh no, he's just about to give you a second clothesline off the rope. <laughs> All right. You all just anger me with some of the right, stuff I'm, that you said. Should I just meet you? you go ahead. All right, I'll, all right. I'll actually just unplug my mic and get out of here. <laughs> You're a JK. Uh, this is a tough one, but I guess right now it'd have to be Baron Corbin. Just every time I see Baron Corbin, I just don't understand why this man is I fast forward. either on the verge of the main event scene or being a future world champion because – God bless him. He's improved. He's a lot better as a heel than he is a was a face in NXT, but he's still got a lot of work to do on the mic, and I would say he's probably a solid C in the ring. Has anyone told him his hairline is like receding and that his he's getting his hair is getting real thin? He needs to just like shave it off. I'm not going to comment on a man's hairstyle, but just saying, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I mean JK a, would never say, say anything inappropriate. <laughs> I will say this, though. Baron Corbin does have an impressive set of tattoos on him, which they're probably the most colorful in the company aside from Corey Graves. Another one I think's overutilized is Stephanie McMahon, in my opinion. Dude, Stephanie's hot. Okay. You do remember which one his is, right? <laughs> I don't give a blank if she's attractive or not. She emasculates every man on the roster and she never ever gets her come up and it's the most annoying thing ever. I'm a I'm a Stephanie fan. She's she's a great heel. I'm I'm I, I like her. I like her. I am okay with her being yeah, on TV. You also think Mick, John Mick Foley a was wrestler. Mick Foley was right. Stephanie no, needs to not. get fired. <laughs> she owns the company. <laughs> yeah, Stephanie, uh, uh, can you please give up your stock shares? Right. Well, she has been selling them, but that's for that's for other stuff. And but. get out of here, thanks. I'm just saying she needs to move to more like a backstage role again, kind of like what Triple H has been doing. Because 
her on screen is like a near goddess character where she's untouchable because you know she's a woman and she's allowed to emasculate men, but she never gets her come up in front of women. Brie Bella wrestled her just last a couple years ago. At but who won the match? Who won the damn match? It was a great angle. It, it was, was great. Uh, I'm, no, that angle was hot garbage. Sometimes people have to go over, and sometimes I'm okay with. I'm I'm not worried about who wins and loses. Uh, only time I'm worried about that is actually it's part of my rant. But I, I don't like fifty fifty booking. If it means something, like what they're doing, with, what they're doing with, even though it's silly, but there are it is a great angle. What they're doing with Brock and with Goldberg right now, it's great. I mean, it's working out. It's it's working. It's going. It's it's you know. I, I, I get it. Are you trying to say the Steph Brie Bella angle meant something? It was a good angle, yeah. No, it was not. It How was, was it not? It entertained it was me a, the entire summer. It was this is my fear. It was a placeholder because Daniel Bryan got hurt and they couldn't do a Daniel Bryan Triple H rematch. So what they do? Got the wives involved, Stephanie McMahon and Brie Bella. And what happened? Nikki betrayed her. Okay, so we got a Nikki Bree feud, which was the blue cheese of women's wrestling feuds. And then Nikki won, ensuring that Bree was, you know, her servant. And then what happens a month later? Bree helps Nikki Bella win the damn Divas title from AJ Lee. That was a load of horse baloney. Well, okay, a couple things took in place in there. Number one, AJ Lee was on their way out. And. Number two is that the original plan was to have this few go longer, but because of that reason, they changed, and they had no other available women wrestler to do it, according to... According no to heel what. page? We'll talk about Paige in our news report. <laughs> <laughs> so She's in the news a little bit, I hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, she's exposed in the news, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, so, it's just... Yeah, I mean, there's, there's things that changed, but the original plan was to have that feud longer, and... They plus what was going, they had AJ Lee was going to leave and they had a good date yeah with CM Punk the whole it still years, doesn't so. make sense that you know you have one number one your sister loses to somebody who hadn't wrestled a match in fifteen years I say wrestle loosely quoted because Stephanie McMahon has barely wrestled a match in her entire life but I digress and secondly. They later become friends a month later with no explanation or, you know, a real, like a final solution to their uh, feud. Well, I mean, I, I agree with that. I mean, I think there should have been, there's loopholes they left or whatever. They could have easily done it, but it made it made it better. But, but the original, the start of it was going, they're going somewhere and they, they switch gears on them. And I would go as far as, that a lot. I would go as far as to say it was the worst women's wrestling feud in the history of the business. Evidently, you've never seen Bertha Fate wrestle. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of bad ones out there. I mean, um, it's no Yoshihiro wrestling, but so right, I'm gonna go with mine, and then um, and then before we go to um, um, break, yeah, we'll go to news report. <laughs> so I'm gonna oh, go with um, I'm gonna go with Apollo Cruz. Apollo Cruz should not at all be on TV. Bottom line, there's no reason for me. I mean, I'm gonna say this. I don't care. Is he? I, I guess he's the token black guy. That's why they need him. All right. Because Shelton, Shelton Benjamin w- was going to be there, and and then he got hurt and he couldn't come in, so they had to get somebody to replace him. Oh my goodness! I'm jumping off of here. No I'm di- I'm just being serious here. Is that what happened? Pretty much. He's just vanilla. He's just like Baron Corbin. He hasn't really clicked with the audience yet. Yeah, I mean, I I guess that's right. I guess that's uh. That, I yes. mean, I, I, 
I don't know. You know what happens? Some people get a big falling in the indies, or and they just come up to the big time and get repackaged, and it just doesn't work. I don't know. I don't know, but I just think he hits uh, me on there. So all right, let's uh, let's head over to our news report. Now it's time for the Ringside News Report. All right, I am taking the mic and seizing the moment. But anyway, uh, we're starting the Ringside News Report with some uh, pretty damning stuff today. Uh, Paige is a victim of the new fappening on the internet. Would you say this information was titillating? I'll mute myself. <laughs> just mute me. That's bad, Jeremy. You're, 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 you're going to get us kicked off the air. What are you doing? Yeah, man. I, I uh, yeah, it's pretty bad. It, it's. I feel bad for Paige because, you know, I mean, look, it's. I get it. It's. It's her. She took these photos, and and granted, it's probably crazy to take these photos and make these videos or whatever. But it's it's her private stuff. It's her private videos, and she wants to share it with some people and not share it with others. It's her business. But you know, it, it it's just um, it's sad for that reason. I mean, I get it if you're one of those couple of other former WB divas that, that went out and made professional ones. Those are different. I mean, you've actually went out and purposely made something for people to see. Um, the other one, this one's more of a intimate kind of personal thing, and yet it gets you know. Your privacy gets taken and go stolen. So, do you have any links to this? <laughs> at uh, Jeremy underscore CSE, if you have my, I'm just, sure I, somebody will tweet you the link if you really want. I just, want, I have a feeling it's not for scientific purposes. It, it is for research. I, I want to see how she stacks up to the rest. Of, okay, I'm. Please just unplug me for the rest. And, of the, and the sad thing is, there's other people involved too. That's not just her. Um, in, um, I mean, celebrities and wrestlers alike. Have, yeah, but I mean, in, in Paige's circle, there's others involved that, you know, that's going to probably get, you know, be they compete with. for the trios championship over in Lucha Underground. No, damn it, Jeremy, okay. hand me your account now. I'm sorry, I can't turn this off. Yeah, you can mute you it. Can. <laughs> you can. I can't. Just like that. I right. probably try to do this from that rest of the news. Well, we're okay. So we're done with the news report. It's sad, um, and we hope that you know Paige works everything out and gets back on track. She's had a rough year, and feel ba- I feel bad for her. So wish her all of her um, good luck and and thoughts on on this time. So, all right, that's Jeremy underscore CSE. All right, we're going from the low light of the show, Jeremy, to the highlight of the show. Lucha Underground is finally on Netflix now, seasons one and two. If you haven't seen it yet, who in the blue hell are you? Go see it right now just for Prince Puma and my girl, Ivalice. I am the human highlight reel. There is no low light when Jeremy's around. <laughs> you are literally the giant Gonzalez of this podcast. And you're the hornswoggle of it. Oh. Horn, hornswoggle was a cruiserweight champion. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, yeah, he... Oh, that's sad to even say Hardcore that. Hardcore champion. That's like, that's like, was he the cruiserweight? I don't know. He, David Arquette was also the WCW champion. So. All right. I've got, I've got the, I got, the, I have a WWF t- uh, championship title upstairs, and it means just about as much as Giant Gonzalez. But admittedly, it is a pretty sweet belt you have. Thank you, thank you. But Lucha Underground back on track. Do you think that they're going to take into consideration that people have already that have already watched this 
may not go back. I'm hoping they don't. I'm hoping that they say, hey, look, the first two seasons are going to be eh, but from that point forward, that's what they know when cable companies cut them off. They know, uh, you know, I jumped into L Ray's DMs at one point, you know, I slid into the DMs. I was like, why, why did you take this off of time Warner? And they were like, well, they didn't request us to keep sending them. So we stopped. And that's just like, okay, well, it can't be because not enough people were wanting to see it. Yeah. But but Netflix is going to open up a whole new audience though. And it's going to allow them to expose the product that many people, many people has even wanted to see. Granted, if you really wanted to see it, you're going to find a way through YouTube or whatever. I get that. I mean, I've, I've seen, I heard other podcasts where people has talked in big, I mean, well-known people said, well, I found it on YouTube or whatever. And they watched the match. So I get that. But it's also Netflix is becoming like a new, pretty much like everyone's kind of getting it. Yeah, yeah, new platform and easy access. So a lot of people like, oh, I can watch a Netflix. I don't have to switch over to my YouTube app when I'm watching my, you know, making a murderer or whatever. I can now go straight into that. And or- here's the thing: uh, with you mentioned the accessibility and cable providers, you know, cutting the rug from the El Rey channel and thus the accessibility of Lucha Underground to you know just any viewer really. If it gains enough momentum on Netflix. Who's to say the show doesn't inevitably become a Netflix exclusive? It should. It. You're right. It, it should. Because, I mean, one, that would be gigantic for the wrestling industry. And two, that would probably lead to bigger paychecks for the guys on Lucha Underground. Guys well, like Emil Huetes or, you know, Prince Puma or uh, Johnny Mundo. I mean, it's possible that could happen. I mean, you know... That could be the while they're testing this out to see where where the market is. So that way, if it's high demand, then they can make it Netflix exclusive. I, I believe but, they have a documentary coming out soon about Glow or something like that. Yeah, they do. I love the the old school. Are they still around? No, uh, I think it's like a. No, I don't think I, it's like a documentary. No, I thought, it's a I, show because it has Brie Larson in it. Right. I don't think it's a documentary. I think it's a. I think it's a like new comedy comedy series about Glow. Oh, it's like a mockery. Mock, Do you mockery. remember the initial? Yeah, series? I remember. Oh my god, yeah. big fan of that in the nineties. Yeah, I remember. And 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 actually, The Rock is working on a reality show for like Fox or something with like mm-hmm. a wrestler. Like you know, no, it's not, like not, a movie uh, with uh, Paige. Uh, ironically, no, 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 no. He's doing that, but there's another. There's a series he's working on where it's actually a TV show where, where it follows a wrestler behind the scenes and like his career or whatever. Right. It's I, I said documentary, but it's really more of a series, like a reality you know, show. Reality show. Well. Uh, not even a reality show. It's going to be like scripted or whatever. Well, they all are anyway. Sorry. Oops. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I just looked it uh, up. Uh, Glow is going to be coming to Netflix in late June, and it's going to have Allison Brie, not Brie Larson. Okay. I, I was misinformed there. Uh, yeah, so that's that's um, you know pretty good stuff. I mean, Netflix is on, is on the up and up, and it, it's it pretty much everything's getting more exclusive, and it's becoming the the place to go. Honestly. I just hope they take into consideration that if the most the majority of the hardcore wrestling fans, such as myself, I don't know about y'all, but I've got I've got Impact recording every week. I, I have to fall asleep at some point. Um, I've got Ring of Honor, OVW, New Japan, every wrestling that comes on TV. I've got a series recording for it. I've watched every Lucha Underground up up to a certain point in season three when I got cut off. Uh, Majority of my friends that are big wrestling heads have as well. I just don't want them because I mean, do you watch rewatch a lot of the shows that sometimes? Yeah, I mean, I rewatch stuff that I've seen before and movies and whatnot. I mean, if like I like what? it, like what? What? What's something that you normally watch rewatch? Like what? Like it's TV series? Yeah, The Office. Okay. 
go ahead and mute yourself. <laughs> the Office and uh, Seinfeld are two of the worst garbage shows in human history. Whatever. I mean, I, I've never watched Seinfeld. Don't. But I, I will not stand for this office slander in here. You're, you're missing out. No, Seinfeld, you're sitting though. for it, which makes it even better. So, I mean, I don't even know why we're friends. <laughs> Speaking of friends, that there's, was another show, there's another show yeah, that I like, too. <laughs> uh, but, no, I, I just, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, I mean, I rewatch stuff all the time. I mean, especially your favorite movies and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, it's – I just hope here's, 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 here's what you do. Slide into the DMs of Netflix. I'll get them. And then tell them, hey, let's get season three now. Hey, let's girl. I'm, so, I'm sure season don't. three and chill. I'm yeah, sure they'll add season three at some point. I mean, unless Netflix pulls the show entirely out of they their catalog. Happen. It ain't going to happen. Which, no, no, they're not. And they still have the, the resurrection of Jake Roberts. You've got you to type it in and search for it. It's still right. there. You know, so they, they keep just, a lot of stuff on there. They're not going to yeah, get rid of it. Yeah, they're not going to get rid of it. All right. Now, on to Hall of Fame news. Uh, yeah. One induction that was... Long-awaited and well-deserved, ravishing Rick Rude yes. is in the Hall of Fame. About damn time, WWE. Well, you know, they have a rule, if you notice this. WWE never does more than one person who's passed away. So, you know, so the years that they've done, there's always been somebody like... Macho Man. Yeah, there's, and so it's, you can't, you got it. you can't have three people that's dead to be the main stars of the of the of the Hall of Fame. So that makes sense why they Well technically WWE inducted like thirty last year with those legacy inductions. Guys like uh Ed Strangler, Lewis, Luthez, those guys. It was a little that different. That wasn't a, yeah, that wasn't on the main show. Yeah, that was right. That was yeah. something different. I'm, but I'm he's so- another Rick Rude's another guy that we talked about or, uh that we could have that that fits the the thing earlier. We were talking right. about guys that are overshadowed by Hulk Hogan. Right. Yeah, I agree. He was. I would. I would agree too. Him and, and Jake uh, Roberts. Him and Jake Roberts. Both their feud was amazing. Well, even Roddy Piper's feud with Jake Roberts was great too. So yeah. And Rick Rude should have beaten Ultimate Warrior for the WWF title. Yeah. Uh-huh. I would agree with there. All right. Moving on. Uh, we got some induction news. Uh, the APA is going to induct Teddy Long, Farouk, yeah. and JBL. Uh, what what's the connection there between JBL and Farouk and Teddy Long necessarily? Well, Teddy Long, correct me if I'm wrong, Daniel, the historian Spencer was the his first tag team was Doom, which was Ron Simmons and Butch Reed. Yes, it was. So I think that JBL is just a product of association there. No, not necessarily because did, did he manage the APA as well? Uh, he um, if I I, I think I, they were road partners, he, right? Something like that, but also. Um, when he did some, when he when he when he came in to the WBF, he did something with because I just heard this on uh, Eric Bischoff's podcast. He just came in and did something with. Um, I guess he was going to manage Gilo Brown and and JBL was part of that. You know when he was Bradshaw or whatever. There was something to do with that tied together. So they but they trapped they they rode he he rode together with the, with the APA because they they rode together anyway. So he always rode with them. So there it's, there's a connection there, right? All right, and uh, John Cena is going to be inducting the headliner, Kurt Angle. Makes sense. Not to me. It, it does make sense. You know, that was his first big match was with Kurt Angle, and that kind of propelled what would be a 15-year-long run as, you know, kind of the guy in the WWE. Yeah. To kids. <laughs> and Daniel. That's pretty good. That, that, what about, um, wasn't there a new uh, Warrior 
Award inducted. Oh, yes. Uh, Eric LeGrand is going to get the Warrior Award this year. For those who aren't aware of who Eric LeGrand is, check him out. He's probably one of the most inspirational human beings I've ever seen. He was a former football player at Rutgers University who got paralyzed from the neck down on a kickoff return. And he's been fighting valiantly for six years to try and walk again. Yeah, and it's a very inspirational story, very classy move by WWE to do that. So um, that's pretty awesome. Uh, speaking of awesome, why don't we go into our – before we go back, finish our topic of the show today, let's go into our This Is Awesome segment. So I'll start it off just because I want to. I want to tick Jeremy off. My this is awesome moment was the fact that John Cena hosted the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards, and the reason why I say that was awesome because it is. It's mainstream, okay, and it was another platform for him. And by the way, Nikki Bella was highly involved in it too to get the to get the brand out there, and it was very clean oriented very good fun and he got slimed you would have loved that though jeremy he got slimed but it was a very it was very fun i got to watch it with my daughter she was excited about it she enjoyed it she liked it it was all kid stuff kid friendly so it was like little jokes that she laughed at that i wouldn't get that i didn't get so it's fine but it was i gotta i thought it was awesome to have wb do something like have that involved like that and uh they was very well produced very well done i watched it because of my daughter and other than that i probably wouldn't have seen that just would have been like oh okay cool he's hosting it but i actually watched him as a pretty good show so glad that three minutes is up justin you're uh this is awesome moment other than being here with greatness and daniel what are you talking about i'm already in this room okay here's my this is awesome will you stop will you stop go ahead i'm gonna keep it short and sweet and this was tied into our ringside news report earlier i'm damn happy that wooch underground's getting on netflix because you know I'm with Jeremy. I've got Spectrum at my house or Time Warner Cable, what, Insight, whatever the hell you want to call it. You know, they pulled the plug from El Rey. Accessibility was getting a little hard. And so finally, with it being on Netflix, I can finally catch, you know, some of the Prince Puma matches that I missed out on because season one, the only match I got was Grave Consequences with Phoenix and Miruetes. And I caught half of season two. You know, after Matanza basically ran rough shot all over Lucha Underground, but didn't get to see the finale because I had some other obligations for one and two. Time Warner basically stopped putting it on demand for some bizarre reason. And then it came back w- without explanation or announcement. It just came back for a couple weeks. And then when you got caught up, by the time you got caught up with it, it disappeared again. So now I'm going to, after this show, I'm going to run home and I'm going to binge watch every single episode of Lucha Underground. Bingo. Got to. I didn't know where he was going with that. He said short and sweet. I thought in in, uh, ringside report, I thought he was going to head back to Paige there for a second. Will you stop? No, I'm never. I'm like Puff Daddy. Can't stop, won't stop. (sighs) Go ahead, Derek. What's your shot? This is also a moment. What happened on Tuesday night, or I'm sorry, SmackDown Live. And was it, uh, you know, was it. People are going to speculate. Was it was it the Orton? Was it the Miz promo? No, it was when Shane McMahon got his candy ass whipped up and down the the backside of the arena. AJ Styles made him his bleep, and 
afterwards, Shane drug his little raggedy butt out and said, oh, you wanted a match? No, you got a match. But he, but it was fun to me to see him get his rear end beat in the backstage area. That okay. what was awesome to me. Oh, it was a good segment. I agree with and that. And then the Mrs. Promo was awesome. But that, <laughs> that, you don't have to say that because he tells you how awesome it is. Awesome. As as he said in the beginning of the segment. Okay. Well, yeah. that's. Um, Should we start doing a what's not awesome? Because, I mean, I can go on and on about John Cena all day long. <laughs> no, no, well, no. You know, okay. we, we have one segment kind of related to that later on. Well, but yeah, the, the pipe bomb. But yeah, no, but it's not I your time to do pipe bomb. I won't do it. So let's, do okay, that. so we're done with this. Let's, let's finish up the show here. Let's go back to the, the last thing we need to talk about is our wrestlers from the past that were terrible and shouldn't have been on TV or on uh, too much exposure. All right, that's easy to easy to me. Uh, I'm a 90s baby, uh, and the one person that I absolutely hated seeing on my TV screen, I'm going to give us a two-way tie. Adrian Adonis and Rick Martel. Now, not Strike Force Rick Martel, but the, the Rick, model, the model Martel, and his little pansy perfume bottle that he sprayed in people's face to get the win. <laughs> Those two guys are the Dean Ambrose, Roman Reigns, and Blue Cheese of former <laughs> wrestling. And I sit by that comment, and I'm done. That sh- short and so- I just short and sweeted that one. All right, All right. next. Lex Luger. Oh, God, that's true. The Lex Express was a disaster. <laughs> you know, the guy had no promo skills whatsoever. Yeah. Even worse in the ring. I mean, I get it. He had a he had a good physique. You know, he had a football background. But, you know, that that's part. That's only a quarter of the battle. You got to have the ring skills. You got to have the promos. And I still have no idea what Eric Bischoff and Vince McMahon ever saw in him. How did this guy almost become the man to beat Yokozuna in a singles match? Co- coincidentally, how did this man also beat Hollywood freaking Hulk Hogan for the title in the NWO WCW days? I want to add one small, and I'm like I said, this isn't mine, this is yours, but how was he the person that really shot Nitro, let off Monday. Didn't he show up at the first Nitro? And that was kind of the, oh, my God, we got the WWF. But it worked. It did. That's what I'm saying. I was saying, how was he the catalyst that shot them into the ratings forefront for over a year? Like, how? he got about as much charisma. That was... Let's let's be upfront about it. That was more Eric Bischoff's thing than it was Lex Luger's. Yeah, but still, though, he, he... like Lex Luger was a big get. I mean, he it was a big name because WWE was pushing him at the time. Well, yeah, he uh, they just didn't him and British Bulldog just lose the tag team championships the night before at In Your House, which seventy uh, two. Right, it was like whatever it was. Yeah, and then like the next day shows up on Nitro. Yeah, it was a big next big deal. Day. Yeah, it was a big. I mean, it was great. I mean that that to me that's his biggest iconic moment was that moment yeah. that right there. And that's not saying much. You, right. you, are you sure it's not him getting the count out victory of Yokozuna and getting a celebration like he actually won the title? That was funny. What else? Another moment that I absolutely hated was the tie, the Royal Rumble tie. Oh yeah. Who was that? Was it him and uh, Brett? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That got on my nerves, but, but thank God they got it right and had Brett win the title. Because if Lex had won it, that would have set wrestling back 10,000 years. Yeah, who knows? He may have been the next John Cena. Oh, my gosh. No, he's, no, no. All right. Mine, mine and um, 
and I kind of I kind of gave it a tidbit clue to this one earlier, but mine's Vader. And here's why. Explain yourself. Yeah. Vader was terrible. Just I overall terrible. I believe I agree with you on something. Terrible. He, look, it Big Van Vader and the WCW, terrible. The Vader version in WBF, terrible. He couldn't work. He was stiff as, a, as can be, and you can tell. His move was a stinking, I'm going to just sit on you, basically. That was his finishing move, which he was such a big guy that, you know, okay, well, that uh, that makes sense. But he didn't have any, any, any thought to it whatsoever. Why didn't he just do the Superman punch? A lot of awful wrestlers just do that. I, I agree with that. It's a stupid punch. But it just it, it just did not – it was just terrible. He had maybe one good match, and it was probably with Shawn Michaels – who by far is the great one of the great, probably mm. the greatest of all time. Mm. That was it. That was mm. his. To me, that was the best match he ever had. Mm. Um, I think it worked. It worked great when he had Jim Cornette as his little as his um, as as his uh, manager, uh, yeah. because that uh, that made him something. But other than that, terrible. I I I, I don't disagree. I, I'm ashamed. I, I completely disagree with this. Because I'm a big fan of Vader's feud with Cactus Jack. I'm a big fan of his feud with Stan Hansen. You know, you just got to watch Vader in Japan to Vader's really. Vader's the reason Mick Foley lost an ear. That's true. Well, kind of also agreed with him twice. What is the show coming to? It's kind of also Mick Foley's fault for trying to play Hangman on the ropes, literally. But Vader was the one to put him in the spot. I mean, make st- course Ric Flair. Didn't put the ear on ice, and there's a lot of different reasons, but right, you know, it, it's. <sighs> but who's his best match with? Shawn Michaels. Hmm. I, I seem to think somebody on the show said earlier that you know that the worst wrestlers' best matches were with guys like Shawn Michaels and AJ Styles, who could really carry. No, 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 crap wrestlers. <laughs> no, 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 no. I yes. said, I said, they, they listened to. I they, said, they good know. wrestlers have great matches with no, bad no, wrestlers. I'm, I'm uh, backing up one of my points from earlier. Okay, whatever. you've already done that. I just completely disagree. I think Vader is probably one of the best big men in the history of the business. I think I could have went in there and outworked him. I think that I could have went out there and put on a better. How is he match. one of the best in the business? Name, name, name. I can name ten big men that are better than him, and I'm one of them. Because he he was one of the most successful and dominant gaijin in Japanese wrestling. His feud with Stan Henson is legendary over there. But that's only because of of what of that style of that over there. It's not. I get it. Japan Japanese wrestling and all that. I get all that. But it's still not. It's not that what works over there never works over here. He was also he was also gracefully athletic. I mean. Other than Bam Bam Bigelow, a guy of Vader's size was the only one that did a moonsault like he could. Bam Bam Bigelow was hot trash on a plate. Bam Bam Bigelow's moonsault was like sideways, too. Yeah, he never (laughs) hit it the right way. That always annoyed me because even then... I mean, you're you're more than welcome to try a moonsault if you want. I'm just saying. I've got got VCR tape. When Danny Davis used to let us rent out the arena on the weekends, I've got... they videotaped it for you for $200. You got the ring for eight hours, and they videotaped it. I've got video proof. I could do a moonsault. It looked way better than Bam Bam Bigelow, way better than Van Vader, and I was 6'6", 400 pounds at the time that I did the moonsault. 
Anyway, I'm just saying. Sorry, well, this wasn't Va- supposed Vader, to be a pissing Vader, contest. Vader to me was a waste of time. The only thing that was more worse than Vader's waste of time during that time frame was um, Ahmed Johnson. Oh, oh, I'm an Ahmed Johnson fan. What are you talking about? Just saying. I thought you were going to go Giant Gonzalez or Great Kali. Oh, that was terrible, too. That's yeah. like the Mount Rushmore of awful wrestling. Giant Gonzalez, Great Kali, <laughs> Bam, Bam, Bam Bigelow, How's Ahmed Johnson? How was he great? He was something new. He, 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 he lasted six weeks. <laughs> Injuries and gold dust literally killed his career. Yeah. <laughs> he right. did stuff in the ring that you didn't see, that you hadn't seen up to that point before. But I, I wouldn't put him as like a top 100 wrestler of all time or anything, but he was definitely, he definitely was an invader, Bigelow, Giant Gonzalez, Birth of Fate territory. I, I think wrestling would have been fine without him. Well, wrestling would be fine without you too, Daniel, but you're here. We're, mm. we're just a bunch of randos doing a rando podcast. That's guys. the other show, Justin. You got to separate it. <laughs> no, no. The best part is when you blur the lines a little bit, man. I know. <laughs> all right, so... Let's. All right, we're we're in the show with this. Uh, before we do the pipe bomb, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, teach you how to do a pipe bomb. Okay. So um, before we do that, I don't do drugs. <laughs> before we do that, let's go ahead and plug our stuff once again. Uh, uh, you can find us on Facebook at Ringside Podcast, on Instagram at Ringside Podcast, and on Twitter at Ringside Podcast. See the trend there? Is that yes, Ringside Podcast? It was very clever, Daniel. And uh, you can also. Uh, follow us individually. I'm at Daniel Spencer. I'm at Jeremy underscore CSZ. And apparently he wants you to send him links. Yes. And I'm at Krugermania. And um, shoot us a tweet, follow us, whatever. And uh, definitely follow the uh, Ringside Podcast page and share all the episodes we post and be retweeted, things like that. Hey, maybe maybe what we'll do this. Maybe we'll, I stole this from someone else's podcast. But maybe if, they, maybe if they retweet the episode, we, we retweet it out, and whoever retweets it will give them a shout-out on the show. How about okay. that? I like that. I've yeah. seen that done before, yeah, but so we'll it's still, still good. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll give them a shout-out on the show. So, um, I won't. You will. <laughs> so uh, um, thanks for tuning in, and next week – uh, from what I heard, from what we understand, Ricky Sheffy's going to be here. Well, he's out there right now trying to procure great interviews. For, I got a message from him at 4 o'clock in this morning that said, guess what? I just talked to Heidenreich, and I'm going to try to get him on the podcast. I didn't have the heart to tell him that I didn't it, remember Is he going to read a poem to us on the podcast? I hope not. I <laughs> hope not. But he's out there working hard. We'll uh, probably, evidently, he uh, recovered from his illness. Unfortunately, we'll, look, we'll we'll probably do some kind of a, like indie spotlight or something one day on the show where where you know these these guys that he's connected with can have their little little spotlight. And I'm okay with that because indie guys are indies where you started anyways. Indies indies a um, it's a dying art. dying art darn art yeah. So I'm because NXT we can, is we can bring the new it back. indies right. We bring we'll bring it back. So all right. So now it's time for the pipe bomb. You want this? Come on. Lay the pipe bomb on me, big guy. Come on. Go ahead. All right. So my my pipe bomb is on high spots. Here's what I'm getting sick and tired of. I'm getting sick and tired of high spots. And here's why. Because everybody kicks out of a stupid high spot. Okay. Whatever happened to the DDT, first of all? 
You did the DDT. When Jake the Snake Roberts hit the DDT, you didn't kick out of that sucker. Because if you did, then that was amazing. That was crazy. And you were somebody big and special. Now, DDT is like, like some transition move anymore. And then we have, I just saw this video of Kurt Angle versus Cody Rhodes at this, at this event. It was an amazing match in a cage. They did this crazy spot. Cody Rose does this this jump off the top rope. Kurt Angle gets it. They do all this this angle slam. Everything happens. And then they go for the count, and they flip and kick out. After this big jump off the top rope, the, the angle slam, all this crazy spot, they kick out. What in the world? It's just a... Why are you kicking out? You kick out of, of big spots only for main big super events like WrestleMania. Big main event match, maybe you kick out of the, of the, of the, of the finish. Maybe one time, but not all these stinking high spots, not all these stinking crazy moves. I mean, what, how can Roman Reigns, okay, get bombarded, like torn up by Braun Strowman, just demolished. And then all of a sudden, randomly, he kicks out of this move, gets up, hits us, punches him in the face. And next thing you know, Braun Strowman can't get up. That doesn't make sense. It does. I understand this is predetermined stuff. I understand this is pro wrestling. I get it. I get it. It's supposed to, but, but it's gotta be some sort of believable. There's gotta be some sort of believability to it. When I'm watching a sci-fi movie, I get it. I get that not ever, we don't have lightsabers, but at the same time, I believe that it exists and I, 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 I go into that world and I believe that that moment is happening. So, when these stupid, crazy moves, and another one that, that happens a lot, as much as I like this guy, is John Cena. How many times he can be crazy put into moves or whatever, and then he'll just kick out. And then he'll do something as silly, 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 stupid to the other opponent, and then guess what happened? happen? They won't kick out. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. You, If you're doing a high spot, that needs to end the flipping match. Bottom line, the the finisher needs to end the match. Don't don't go around doing finish. When Stone Cold stunned you, Stone Cold stunned you. You didn't kick out of it unless it was a main event against The Rock or someone at WrestleMania. It was a one time kick out and it was a special. Other than that, no one ever kicked out of the Stone Cold Stunner. You don't kick out of finishers. That's too many times people it's it, it's become a it's it's a lost art. We talked about lost art with the Indies. It's a lost art. Get go back to basics. The basics work. Go back to just. To just are the the that the little the small spots the choke slant not um, the clotheslines the the body drops the hip tosses go back to that save the big moves for the main for the main attractions and when you do a big move don't kick out and that's the pipe bomb. All right, man. <laughs> Thank Daniel. Uh, that was a great damn great. Daniel. Uh, that's what I was going for, but I don't curse. So, um, but anyway, that was a great pipe bomb, and that just kind of wrap up the show for this week. We really appreciate all of y'all listening to us once again. Uh, we just need to keep the the momentum moving. Share us with everybody, and uh, next week the incomparable. So he says Ricky Chevy will be in. And you never know what he's going to say. So we'll record a whole show. Half of it will probably only air. So until next week, you've been ringside. Nobody man enough to feel the pain And you can be next You 
get respect. 